Raven Nevermore. Is this the podcast you were looking for? Welcome to episode number 58 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. Thanks to Sir John Fletcher for that funky beat that I reversed and made that little intro out of. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Halloween. I have to admit, it is not my favorite holiday. I've usually just seen it as more of an inconvenience because little kids are going to be coming to your door and begging for candy. For a long time, I kind of looked at this as a socialist holiday, but I've come around a bit because I've realized that nobody's forcing me to give away candy. So it's not a socialist act. If anything, it is a charitable act, and that's always a good thing. But even growing up, I wasn't that big of a fan. Getting a costume sometimes isn't always the easiest thing when you're the tallest kid in your class. Going out and going house to house in October in the Chicago area can sometimes be a little less than comfortable as it was this year. And I always figured maybe I was just a little too spoiled, and that is possibly the case because. If I wanted candy, there was some at home. I mean, not enough to binge on for hours on end, but, you know, even then, I think I kind of figured out that wasn't a good thing to be doing. But I get the concept of Halloween in its current fun form. I mean, I'm not really into it from any kind of a weird religious angle. Don't really um, look at it beyond anything more than a reason. For people to get dressed up, have a little bit of fun, have a party. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no doubt that my wife is a much bigger fan of Halloween than I am. She would be out front decorating the house if I would let her put up the lights, put up all of the decorations that are sold. I don't go for that with any holiday, really. Not because I'm a Grinch in any way, shape, or form, but. It seems like a lot of work for very little payoff, but she enjoys Halloween and occasionally dressing up. Uh, Unfortunately, she doesn't like the cute, you know, slutty kind of costumes that a lot of women like. She's a little bit more into the macabre. I mean, one year she did go as Princess Diana. Of course, that was Princess Diana after the car wreck. I think some people were offended by that, and I think she got a kick out of the fact that some people were offended by it, because it was within probably that year of it happening. And I guess, you know, that might have gotten you into a little bit more trouble over in the UK, but here in the United States, hey, nobody thought that was a bad thing. I mean, maybe today, I don't know how snowflake culture would look on Dead Diana as a costume. But at the time, I mean, it just scared some kids and that kind of worked along with 
the evil queen kind of costumes and that. For me, I was always kind of an easy costume kind of guy because, you know, buying custom costumes costs a lot. So, I, you know, a lot of times you just go as your favorite baseball player, which some people would say I was dressing up for Halloween all season long when I would be a regular out at White Sox Park. But we had a lot of fun one year going down to Florida when before Disney became the extreme overpriced mecca that it is now. We went down at the end of September or early October one year and attended one of the Mickey Mouse Halloween parties, which they have in the Magic Kingdom after the regular hours were closed. And you got to go around in your costume to go trick-or-treating and all of the Disney characters, Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore, they were all dressed up in costume. I have some pictures. Maybe I'll post them if they're not too embarrassing here on randomthoughts.com but it was fun because the we went down there for that party and that was in 2006 the year after the white Sox won the world series and it was a constant barrage i went to bobby jenks who was the closer for the world series winning 2005 chicago white Sox. and if you know anything about bobby jenks you know, he was a big guy. He was a young kid who came up, rookie, closer, World Series, first year. I mean, think about that. Think of the pressure that was on this kid. But he was a big kid. He was a big guy. And I'm a big guy. There is a very famous moment. You could probably find it on YouTube or in a meme somewhere when manager Ozzie Gian went out to the mound one day to call for a reliever. And there just happened to be two right-handers that were warming up in the bullpen. One was Bobby Jenks, the closer, and I don't remember who the other one was, but he put his right arm out and the bullpen just kind of looked in like, hey, you got two right-handers that are warming up out here. Which one do you want? And Ozzy made his arms go as wide as they can go and then kind of switched that around to where he was showing big and tall and then big and wide. And everybody knew he was calling for Big Bobby Jenks. And it was a lot of fun the year after the White Sox won the World Series being down in Orlando. Because the White Sox, normally not a team that gets a whole lot of attention. Kind of the forgotten team until they won that World Series. And it was a lot of fun being down in Disney World and hearing a bunch of people as I'd walk by going, Hey, it's Bobby Jenks! was that one brief shining moment, I guess, that the White Sox were popular with the rest of the world. And hell, they're not that popular with me right now. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me blast Major League Baseball on a time or two. And I've taken some shots at some of the players on the White Sox for some things that maybe I didn't quite agree with the way they were handling things. And there's a tie-in to this Halloween. My wife and I were out at our local Aldi, and as we got up to check out, there were the big bags of candy there because, you know, week of Halloween and all. So I picked up one of the bags of candy, and I'm like, hey, should we get this? She's like, well, you're the one that's going to be home. I mean, are you going to answer the door? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think this year I'm going to give this a try. And I'm not really sure why, because normally Halloween was one of turn off the lights, stay in the office ignore the amount of people that were going to the door because it seems like such a pain in the ass to keep walking up the stairs and answering the door 
in doling out candy. But for some reason, I picked up that bag of candy and decided, you know what? Let's try something a little bit different this year and not more than a second or two after I picked up that bag of candy. I didn't even have time to turn around and put it into the shopping cart or throw it onto the conveyor belt at Aldi. When an older gentleman walked up to me, I was wearing my White Sox jacket. It's a classic one back from the 1960s. And he said, I just need to ask you a question. Are you a real White Sox fan or are you a fair weather fan? And for a second, I really didn't know how to answer that because it's been a long year or two for the White Sox and they haven't been doing all that great, but I still consider myself a White Sox fan. So I said, you know what? I'm a a diehard fan. I said, my parents, if it wasn't for some health issues my dad just had, they had season tickets for over 30 years and just gave them up. So I am, I think, as tried and true, as diehard of a White Sox fan as you can possibly get. But I told them it's been a long couple of years and they are really trying my faith. And he said, you know what? I am your five-leaf clover. And I said, so you're lucky. He's like, yeah, I'm very lucky. And then he asked me who my favorite White Sox players are. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, there's always been Mark Burley, my favorite White Sox player of all time, now retired. I said, Frank Thomas. I mean, Hall of Famer, of course, retired. (laughs) I said, Harold Baines, another Hall of Famer. I think I said Paul Canerco. So I threw out four guys that were great. But none of them on the current roster, all of them retired. And he's like, no, I mean, current White Sox players. Who do you like? I said, well, you know, I like Juan Moncada. I think he's been doing really good. I like a lot of the young pitching that's coming up if they get the right coaching, of course. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, well, who's their shortstop? And I said, Anderson. He's like, what's his first name? And I'm like, Timmy. And he just kind of laughed. He's like, oh, Timmy, huh? And I'm like, yeah, Timmy. He's like, what's his number? And I said, number seven. And I wasn't quite sure why this guy was giving me the quiz about the White Sox and about Tim Anderson. But I figured it out pretty quickly when he said, well, I'm Tim Anderson's uncle. And the young lady that was with me is like, well, this is one of his cousins. And we start talking baseball a little bit. And I've talked about Tim Anderson in the podcast a little bit. And he was the guy that was involved in the altercation with the white pitcher. Of course, Tim Anderson, an African-American, when he called the white pitcher the N-word. And there was a lot of hubbub about it. And in, back in the podcast, I told, you know, Tim Anderson, you know, if this is what you think should be acceptable, then step up and tell Major League Baseball that's what you think acceptable. And that's what he did. And what guys say on the field is something that should be between the guys on the field, but we know that doesn't happen now with our new gotcha culture, with the new woke culture. You can't use the wrong word. You can't use the wrong pronoun and all of that. But as I pointed out when I covered that story, Tim Anderson, from everything I've read in the press, everything that I've learned following him on Twitter and on Instagram, is that he is a credit to any team and he's a credit to any community that he's a part of. His wife and he do a lot of charity stuff. 
and he seems like a really nice guy and i can see where he gets it in the family because his uncle was a really nice guy and i said hey i'm hoping we get a few more wins next year maybe this was a sign that there's still some hope for major league baseball that there's going to be some luck in the white Sox future and maybe just deciding to pick up a bag of candy to give it away was this was the way that the universe was telling me hey don't give up on baseball just yet so maybe just maybe we'll give it another chance when next year rolls around but the universe now as far as me giving away candy and mother nature they got together and chicago saw a halloween that was unprecedented in the history of chicago at least when weather was being recorded we actually got snow not enough to really stick on the streets but the grass was covered on halloween it still is today the day after and the temperature for our trick-or-treating here in our local little burb from 3 to 7 p.m the temperature for trick-or-treating was 33 degrees with a wind chill of 17 so i kind of figured i bought this big bag of candy and there's going to be nobody that's going to be coming to claim it so i had a couple of pieces in the morning had a couple of the snickers bars and when you say they're bars the bite-sized candies that come with these that's really what they should be called bite-sized rather than the small size whatever they call them the minis each candy bar is like one bite so i had a couple of snickers and then after a couple of hours i grabbed a twix and a bag of these small m&ms and the small m&ms i poured them out i counted them the little bag of m&ms 16 whole m&ms in those little bags but uh, i guess the cheap chocolate just doesn't go with my system because i'm not a big chocolate eater i'll be honest when i go to my mom's house she usually has some dove candy sitting out on the table in the living room and i enjoy those they're really good they're a nice chocolate they're not like the cheap hershey stuff that after four pieces of that i went into a big ocular migraine which is a lot of fun you know you can't see parts of things and then you have a big fireworks show that happens I mean, it's even more fun when you're down to one eye, but I digress, had the migraine. And I'm like, oh, this was before even three o'clock rolled around. So I'm like, this is going to be a fun night because I don't really get the pain with the migraines, which is good. I mean, I can get a headache every now and then from them, but I know it can be debilitating for some people who have migraines. And usually for me, I get the vision issues, the fireworks. And then I just kind of feel either nauseous or just not myself or anywhere from, you know, an hour to 24 hours afterwards. So I wasn't really expecting the doorbell to be ringing at all. And there were actually a few people that were out. And I decided that, well, four pieces of this stuff gave me a migraine. So I'm going to do what I can to get rid of this candy before the end of the night. And we had a pretty successful shot at that even though i think the doorbell only rang six times i'm a pretty big guy i'm about six foot six and my hands you know from you know the base of the palm up to the tip of my middle finger is about eight or nine inches i mean i have really big hands you know, can palm a basketball that kind of a thing and 
rather than being the person that when somebody goes trick-or-treating you're going to take like one or two little things of the candy two bars of candy throw it in the bag or whatever they have no no i was going by the handful the kids were happy about that that were out in the snow and the cold i figured hey if you're out in the snow and the cold i'm going to load you up with about as much candy as i can and only one group of kids missed out and this i thought was kind of both sad and funny at the same time there were three kids and they were all pretty young i mean i would guess they were grammar school age at the most didn't see a parent with them most of the other kids had parents with them and by the time i got from the office up to the front door i opened the front door and the three kids the first one was already down at the end of the driveway the second one was about mid driveway and the third and it looked like the youngest girl that was trailing behind them was getting to about the driveway she was still on the sidewalk she heard the door open she kind of turned she looked at me and then just turned and kept following her brothers and sisters in front of her i guess i was a little bit too slow it's too bad kids you could have had a lot of candy if you would have just waited that extra 10 seconds but it was nice for me to break that streak of not opening the door and not wanting to deal with the hassles. And it was nice to be able to give away some candy to some freezing children who were out, I guess, just trying to capture something. Because I still don't understand the whole concept of trick or treating, especially in the freezing temperatures with snow coming down. I think I felt the best for the little girls that were having a snowball fight while their dad tried to call them to the door to get the candy i think they were having a lot more fun just being out and playing in the snow and i don't think they really cared that much about the candy because again your parents can buy you candy there's no big deal there's nothing great you're going door to door you're not getting this stuff like we used to when i was a kid there was a guy in the neighborhood that worked for rc cola you'd go to his house he'd give you a cans of soda i mean it was great you used to get full-size candy bars now you're lucky if you get a little bite-size morsel at each house you go to i don't know you'd be much better off making 10 bucks going to the store and buying yourself some candy i think it used to be more a way for kids to go out and show off their costumes and i think people were a little bit more into that back in the day where the kids would come to the door they would say trick or treat and you'd be like oh what are you now everything's just so store-bought your superheroes your witches your princesses and it's really hard to show off your costume when it's 30 degrees and snowing you're a little bit bundled up so this was more or less just a case of go door to door ask for candy there's really no fun in that which is why the snowball fights i'm sure were a hell of a lot more fun than getting the candy i think one of the other things that really helped get me in the mood for this year's halloween was doing the pre-shows as i do for the no agenda show the best podcast in the universe on thursday mornings and some sundays we've been doing the show before the show it's broadcast live in the no agenda stream noagendastream.com and i did two hours of nothing but spooky kooky halloween music some of it funny some of it scary some creepy stories to be told and it was a lot of fun to do to get in the mood for the holiday 
to embrace a little bit of that scary side through the songs of guys like Rob Zombie and Tom Waits, uh, Bruce Springsteen, even a Louis Satchmo Armstrong song called Spooks that probably would get a few very strange looks in today's day and age. But it helped me get in the mood and it helped me get into that Halloween spirit. So even though I didn't dress up as anything, I felt that I was fully participating in this particular holiday. Now, it's not moving up my list of holidays. There's no question about that. I still like Christmas a whole lot more, although Halloween looked a lot like Christmas and there was just giving away a whole lot of little treats. So maybe, maybe they're not all that different in the way you celebrate it. But the reason for celebrating just a little bit different. So tell me, how was your Halloween experience? If you had something wacky happen, if you had something cool happen, reach out. Darren at randomthoughts.com or just let me know what happened in society to go from never take candy from strangers to, hey, kids, go out, knock on everybody's door that you can, take as much candy from as many strangers as you can possibly do in one night. But I guess it's a positive thing. Because we're living in a world with too much negativity. And maybe that's one of the reasons I decided to grab that bag of candy and not be the curmudgeon this year, not be the grumpy old guy who says, Get off my lawn! Maybe it's time sometimes to throw a little bit of positivity out there into the world. And maybe, just maybe, a little bit of that will come back to you. We can only hope. But I hope you like what you've been hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. If you do, if you can do me a really big favor, go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com, and click one of those subscribe buttons. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on Android. You can get each episode emailed to you the minute they drop so you don't miss a single episode. We do work on the value for value model as well, which means We put everything out there into the ether. Everything's free. You can consume as much as you want. If you feel like you got something out of it, if you feel like you got some value out of the shows that we're doing, you can give something back to us by contributing, donating over at randomthoughts.com. Click that little donate button. You can make a one-time contribution, or you can set up a monthly one as well. All are appreciated, as is everybody giving us their time to listen to the show. We know there's a lot of podcasts you can be listening to. So we thank you for listening to this one. And hey, turn on a friend or three and make sure the show keeps going for a long, long time. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.